Hi, my name's Jackie Davidson. And my name's Lisa Parker. And welcome back to the John Gosling 1742 Cookbook Podcast. So today, Lisa, you wanted to have a, a chat about the, uh, the beauty recipes yeah. that are in the book. So we've been having a look through. Now, the first one is there is to make yellow salve. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on this? Should we read it out and then what have What do you mean a... yellow salve? What does that mean? Well, yellow, a salve is like um, a healing salve that you can put on your lips. You've got chap lips or something. Chap lips. Or you could be putting it on your skin. So it's something that's helping, you know, moisturise or, or help with skin conditions. So I'll read the, this first recipe out. So this is uh, to make yellow salve. Take half a pound of hog's lard a quarter of a pound of frankincense, of sieved ounces of the best beer, where, mixed all these together, keep for use, and this recipe was supplied by Mrs Hobson. It's in the early part of the book from 1742. Now, we have made this, haven't we, Lisa, yeah, we in a, in a previous podcast? Yeah, yeah. So, what did you think when you saw the ingredients, first of all? I just thought hog's lard, which, which is what they did use, though, wasn't it? You know, many moons ago, was you know animal fats. Absolutely. In, um, in beauty products. Then it was the quarter pound of frankincense and beer, which which I found was strange. But I can remember from when I was growing up, a, a friend of mine, she would uh, she would wash her hair with beer shampoo. Oh, I've heard that before. Have you heard yeah, that before? Yeah, yeah. Because it's I've supposed to make your hair shine. Yeah, shiny. And it's supposed to have certain nutrients and yeah. things in it. Mm. So hog's lard, well, I've talked a little bit about this before, but as, as you say, hog's lard, pig fat was an ingredient often used in homemade moisturising products and is still used today in commercial and homemade recipes. The fat is obtained by rendering pig fat. So if you're a vegetarian, Lise... No chance. No, no chance. <laughs> you wouldn't be touching this with the barge pole. Mm. Uh, then this is a process of obtaining the pure fat from various parts of the pig. And this ingredient is still used in commercial cosmetic products today, such as soaps, moisturisers, cosmetics, among other products. And some people who make homemade products using fats, they've rendered themselves, still find this a good product for the skin. And in fact, you went to the local butchers, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was an abattoir, actually. An abattoir. Um, an, ab- an abattoir. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I, I rang them and said, oh, can I have some hog's lard? And they didn't mm-hmm. have a clue what I was talking mm-hmm. about when I said mm-hmm. hog's lard. Um, and I said, like, pig fat? And she said, is it like lard that you buy in the supermarket? So I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she went and checked out the back with another another member of staff there. And she said, oh, yes, we could provide that for you. Yeah. When, when would you like it? Um, I said, oh, in about an hour's time. So I shot down mm. there an hour later and went mm-hmm. and picked it up. But the guys down there, they knew straight away, straight away, straight away in the what back. it was, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, out the back. Yeah. I mean, another name for hog's lard is leaf lard, which yes. is supposed to be the, the premium fat that, that, that comes off the animal. Actually, I think that's what I asked for, was leaf lard. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have a clue at all. No, no. Yeah, she went to ask the guys out the back and they knew, they knew, yeah. Amazing. And then frankincense, well, that's another interesting one in this, Lisa. Yeah. So frankincense is a resin from the frankincense tree, also known as the Boswellia tree, and it has an aromatic scent and is believed to have rejuvenating and healing properties which help treat scarring to the skin. And I'm sure that's one of the reasons it's been used in this recipe, both for its aroma and healing properties. 
and this would have been an expensive commodity to purchase back in the day. So, yeah, uh, and we, we used frankincense, didn't we? Yeah, we did use some, didn't we? Yes. But we had to be very careful how much we used yes. because it was quite strong, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. The aroma. So it was a concentrated it mix was we concentrated. had as well, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. So, and going back to the beer, um, now beer has a number of nutrients, including vitamin B, and it's said to have a number of attributes to help keep skin, hair, and nails in good condition, helping with suppleness, shine, and growth. So, I mean, they've thrown it all in here haven't they the hogs yeah, the frankincense and the beer it did make a good salve didn't it yeah to, to put yes, on the lips yes you can see how and why they used it because it was you know quite greasy on the lips and would give it a good coating yeah yeah definitely and then what did you think of the next one now the next one is to make cold cream yeah this is an odd one isn't it yeah <laughs> do you want to read this yeah, one out Liz? This one out. take half a pound of pomatum is that how you pronounce it mm-hmm. yeah. pomatum half a pint of oil of almond half an ounce of vinegar ware half an ounce of spermasty put this in a galley pot and set it in a saucepan of water on the fire till it is all melted it is a fair cooling ointment for any sores or bruises written by mrs hobson mrs hobson yeah mrs hobson so this is another early entry in the book from around 1742. So we've not made this one yet. No. So pomatum has a long history and was used as a perfumed oil or cream for the hair or face. And pomatums were scented oils and creams with added essential oils such as bergamot, almond or orange, among others, which were used to, to scent the product. So that's something we'll have, have to look into yeah, when well. we have a go at making that. Uh, but again, I mean, that's a, a really old recipe going back to the really early is. 18th century. Adding vinegar as well. Yeah, the vinegar where? The, the vinegar they put in it as well. Vinegar yeah. has been used in cold creams for a very long time. Vinegar helps the cream to become more easily absorbed into the skin. So you can see why they were using it. They were using it for a reason to make this to make this product more yeah, um, absorbent. Yeah. So spermache is a waxy substance acquired from a sperm whale's head. This substance has lubricating properties and used in a number of ways, from candle making to industrial lubricants and in the cosmetics business. The properties of spermache obviously worked well as this ingredient was used in cosmetic products for a really long time until commercial whaling was banned in the 1980s. It was replaced with jojoba oil, now, we used jojoba oil yeah. in the recipe, didn't we? Yeah. And jojoba oil has equal, if not superior, properties to spermache, in, in our opinion, and is far more env- environmentally friendly. Although spermache is still being used in the cosmetics industry today, especially the, the fine fragrance industry, it's really is prized. It really? Yeah, absolutely. There's something about the quality of spermache that um, is really sought after to be in expensive perfumes. But of course, they can only get it if it just happens to roll up on a beach or, you know, it's found in the sea. That's good. It it is amazing, isn't it, that it's still sourced. And people will pay big prices for it. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, thousands of pounds. So, yeah, it's still really sought after. And then almond oil. We did one with almond oil, didn't we? Yeah, we did we another did. lip balm with almond oil. 
And almond oil has a long history in culinary use as an ingredient in cosmetic products. Mm -hmm. Almond oil is an emollient which helps relieve skin irritations, inflammations and itching and also helps enhance the skin's complexion, helping to keep it smooth and supple. So, yeah, we added that into one of the, yeah, the lip did. salves, didn't, and that worked yeah. really well. Yeah, it was a lip salve we, uh, we used it with, wasn't it? Now, spumache is used in more than one lip salve recipe. And the next recipe, Lise, if you want to read that one out. Yeah, it's called lip salve, actually. Spumache, one ounce. White wax, half an ounce. Oil of sweet almonds, two ounce. Alkanet root, two or three roots. Melt it over a gentle fire, then strain it through a fine rag. Pour it on a stone plate to cool and cut it into fours. Most agreeable. Alkanet root. Now, we did have a go at this one, didn't we? And um, do you remember it was that really pinky one? Oh, yeah, it was that pinky we did. one, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, was so cool. that alkanet root really gave it some colour, yeah. didn't it? And you could put more in to make to make the, the red even deeper if you wanted to. Yeah. And this recipe was supplied by Mrs. Babs. Now, it appears in the in the book after it changed hands at Mr. Baker's fate in 1827. Um, now, the, the person who wrote Mrs. Babs' recipes in there, um, there's a whole clump of recipes from Mrs. Babs. So, although it was written in after 1827, it could well be an older recipe than that. We just know that Mrs. Babs supplied it. It came from Mrs. Babs' book. Yeah, it says that a white wax is the beeswax that has been bleached to a white colour. Sometimes this can refer to spermace, I can't pronounce it. Oh, spermace. Spermace. But this ingredient is already listed separately in this recipe. So this must be referring to beeswax. Alkanet. Yeah. Alkanet is also known as Dyer's Bugloss. And that's a herb that grows in southern and central Europe. The roots of this herb have traditionally been used as a dyeing or colouring agent for textiles and cosmetics, providing a shade of red to pink, depending on the amount used. Yeah, and that's what we found, isn't it, when yeah. we used the alkanet? Yeah. I mean, we went for, we used it a little bit. It was quite a nice colour, wasn't it? And it was quite a pinky rose, yeah, wasn't it? But it was. we could have put more in and it could have been a much deeper burgundy red. Yeah. I think out of all of them, that was the best one we did, wasn't it, really? Out of the, it uh, was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there's another recipe in the book, again, to make another salve, to make yellow salve again. But uh, this recipe has no name attached to it. And again, it appears in the book after 1827. So this recipe is take half a pound of hog's lard and a quarter of a pound of frankincense and sieved ounces of the best, best water. Melt all these together and keep it for use. It is a fine healing salve. So quite a few, I mean, that's um, three salve recipes yeah. in, in the book, all quite similar, but slightly different, aren't they? That's right. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. And then there's another recipe there, Lisa, isn't there, to make another cold cream? Yeah, yeah. Take half a pound of pomatum, half a pint of oil of almonds, half an ounce of vinegarware, half an ounce of spearmint, put them in a galley pot, and set it in a saucepan of water on the fire till it is all melted. It is a fine cooling ointment for any scalds or burns. So again, using it for as an ointment for scalds or burns, or could have just been used to moisturise the skin. 
yeah. the ingredient that we're seeing in this cold cream that we didn't see in the other cold cream is spearmint. Now, spearmint is an aromatic herb with a milder menthol action than other mints and helps relieve and curb various skin irritations such as itching, hives, skin, blemish, skin blemishes and spots. So I can see why they're putting uh, spearmint into yeah. the recipe. Again, this is another recipe that we haven't had a go at yet. One that do you we reckon can... we'll do that one in future? Well, we could do, couldn't mm, we? we could. We'll have to have a look at um, how we're going to make the pomatom first. I mean, certainly sourcing the oil of almonds, the vinegar ware, the spearmint, that's uh, not an issue. But we'll just have to have a look at um, how we're going to uh, deal with the pomatom. Mm. Do we make it ourselves? Do we source it from somewhere? And then there's another recipe there. What's that next one, Lise? Rose pomatum. Yeah, rose pomatum. Take six pounds of the best hog's lard without salt, put it into a deep pan and stir into it with wooden spoon as many fresh rose leaves as you can possibly get in. Putting in a few at a time, cover over with a cloth and let it stand all night. And then for 10 days more, keep stirring in as many rose leaves as you can every day. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Remembering always to put in the yellow fenina and the first day put in one large handful of common salt. At the end of the 10 days, put your pomatum into a jar that will stand in a kettle of water. Set it on the fire and let it simmer for about three hours. Then squeeze as much as possible through a piece of fine gauze from the rose leaves, pouring it into a wide pan. When quite cold, take off the cake pomatum and throw away the liquor. Heat it again, pour it into the pan and let it stand till cold. Take off the pomatum again and throw away the liquor. This is to be repeated till there is no liquor remaining. The sweetness depends upon the quantity of roses you must put into the pots and keep it at least three or four months before you indulge of its goodness but it will be sweeter at the end of six months i mean wow that's quite a process isn't Crikey, it? that's complicating <laughs> it i won't bother with that one <laughs> We're like, it's gonna oh take that's it. too much effort that it's worth that's a lot of effort in that isn't it and a lot of months <laughs> yeah. so yeah amazing though that they're throwing in the uh, the fresh rose leaves isn't yeah. it yeah you know easily sourced them, them aren't they really yeah absolutely I mean, rose leaves, rose petals have long been used in homemade and commercial products. The delicate fragrance would give a light aroma to a hair oil or a body cream. And rose petals contain vitamin C and have antibacterial properties and they would help soothe and rejuvenate the skin. So we can see why they're putting the rose yeah, petals can, in there. Yeah. I mean, again, you've got the hog's lard in there, really. <laughs> so, um, again, for some people... Oh, they do like a bit of hog's lard. I know, but it'd just be a no-go, wouldn't it, if you were a vegetarian? Or, mm, no, you know. Absolutely, yeah. But, uh, obviously, it would have been a really good emollient for the skin. Yeah, for them you can see why, that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, again, this recipe is in the book after 1827 after it had changed hands at mr baker's face and no name is attributed to this recipe so we don't know who supplied that one uh, and then there was um, so we've done two cold creams yeah we've done uh, the rose pomatum 
and we've done the lip salves, haven't we? Yes. And then there was something else on the beauty we wanted to talk about as well, wasn't there, Lisa? It was the, that yeah, was... the best finish soap, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a strange one, this, isn't it? Yeah. What page was that on? This? 56. That was it, yeah, 56. Because earlier in the book, we do have a recipe for jaundice, so medicinal recipe. But strangely enough, in this medicinal recipe, they're kind of making a pill, aren't they, for someone to uh, to take. And the binding agent that they're using is Best Venice Soap. So Best Venice Soap was also known as Venus Soap. Uh, there were other types of high-quality soaps of a similar nature, Genoa Soap, Marseille Soap. And these soaps were made from high-quality olive oil, which was widely available in these areas of the Mediterranean. And good quality olive oil soap was known for its natural soothing and moisturising properties. Soap, like window and uh, sugar, was once a taxed item. So historically, soap was very much a luxury item afforded by wealthier people in society. And the soap tax in England was repealed in 1835. And in this recipe... The soap is being used, as we've said, as an agent to form the pills. I mean, can you believe that, Lisa? Well, no. that, that soap was a taxed item. <laughs> we don't think, Crazy, isn't we it? don't think twice about no, we it don't. today. And we should pay for a bar of soap now, about twenty p. I know. I mean, the soap tax. Uh, I have read up. It came into force in seventeen twelve in England, uh, when it was introduced on the manufacture of soap. And this tax was so unpopular that it tripled the price of a bar of soap. And then this tax wasn't repealed, can you believe it, until 1853. So, That's uh, crazy. Yeah. And so a lot of soap makers at the time immigrated to countries where the soap tax wasn't, uh, wasn't levied. If you look at all these places, Venice, uh, Genoa, Marseille, they're all in the Mediterranean where mm. you have lots of olive oil. And, of course, we all know how good olive oil is for the skin, don't we? So, um, I mean, I can't... Obviously, this name has gone out of use because... Have you ever heard of Venice soap? No. I've never heard of Venice soap or Venus soap. No. But I think back in the day, if you go back to the Victorian era and and, uh, prior to that, I think this was actually quite Quite a thing. This was quite common, yeah. Obviously, it must have been quite common after the, um, the soap tax was repealed. (laughs) <laughs> it was quite common, obviously, in the, the wealthier, exactly wealthier, wealthier people in the, in the you know in the society, really. In fact, thinking about that, Lise, if this recipe appears in the book after eighteen twenty seven, but the soap tax wasn't repealed until eighteen thirty five, then yet in eighteen twenty seven, this would have still been an expensive bar of soap to buy, wouldn't it? Because it would have been taxed. Yeah. So you know, again, these these people obviously had. Um, we're buying some high quality items, yeah. ingredients. So uh, I think that's telling us something about uh, the family that's uh, that's using these ingredients. Mm. So interesting. So really, that's that's all the beauty recipes that are in this book. Really, we've got the the lip salves, the yeah. cold cream, the pomatum, and we've got the best Venice soap. So uh, yeah, quite quite interesting, aren't they? Really are. So yeah, really good. And perhaps in future, as you say, we'll have a go at some more of these uh, these beauty recipes. Yeah, I reckon so. And um, do you fancy using some pomatum on your hair, Lise? 
Maybe you're not. okay there, Jackie. Maybe you're not. okay. Okay, we'll test it on I'll, the I'll miss on that one. Okay. I'll pass on that one. Shall we test it on the cat? Yeah, shall we? <laughs> Give him a bit of a shampoo. <laughs> All right, that's Grace. Uh, we'll uh, chat about this a bit more in the future. So we'll say goodbye for now. So it's bye from me, Jackie Davidson. And bye from me, Lisa Parker. Speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.